Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. Today, philosophical issues about disability. Oh, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, that that's a, was a really cool thing, John, a really cool piece of civil rights levels, uh, legislation. It says you should reasonably accommodate disabled people in schools, in the workplace. Don't you think that's great? Uh, it's very fair. It's very wonderful. But it brings up some interesting and difficult questions. How do we define disability? Blindness? Sure. How about obesity? And there's the question, I guess, of what makes for a reasonable accommodation. Elevators in schools instead of just staircases, that makes a lot of sense. But how about elevators in the Grand Canyon so that the disabled can get down there? Stay tuned as we dig into philosophical issues about disability. Philosophy Talk continues after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 FM KALW, Innovative Public Radio for San Francisco. Carrying on conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner at Stanford University. That hotbed of thinking minds, John. Yes, it's a hotbed. There's no doubt about it. You know, uh, our topic for today is disability, but yeah, yeah, there's a... I think that term is on its way to becoming politically incorrect. I think people would rather, at least some people, would rather think of themselves as not disabled but differently abled. What, what do you think of that? Well, you know, Ken, that's one of those those uh, little political correctness things that really drives people mad because they say, look, first we said crippled. Now we couldn't say that. We had to say handicapped. Now we can't say that. We had to say disabled. Now they want to give up on that and say differently abled. But I think actually it makes a very good point. Because we have a picture that there are ordinary people, they just do things, and then there are disabled people, they need accommodation to do things. And that's the wrong picture. Well, what's the right picture? Well, let me, let me, most of what we do, we do by moving our bodies or our limbs and then keying into interfacing with a huge technology that's been put in place uh, over the years. And I mean everything from roads, uh, language, Imagine sending a fax to Dagfin in Norway. You move your fingers over the over the fax machine, and something happens in Norway's. Now, a di- a disabled person uh, uh, maybe can't move their fingers. Maybe they need voice input, or or they or they need a secretary to help them. That's the only difference. Everything else, both you and the disabled person are relying on this huge infrastructure. That's why I think differently able is not a bad piece so, of political so you think, correctness. So you think of dis- disability as kind of an interface problem, right? You have Because uh, me and the disabled person have different sort of basic bodily capacities, it takes a different interface to do these more complex things that, that you know, we do these things by moving our body, but we do them things by moving our bodies in a situation with an interface intact. Well, that's right. Take something as simple as getting to the second floor of a building. For 90%, 95% of the, of, the, of the community, stairs will do the trick. For 5%, probably a rope would do the trick. They can just grapple yeah, up the rope. The but you, you and I would be disabled if we, had to, if we couldn't get to the second floor. For the last 5%, you need elevators. So it's not that some people just do things and other people need help. It's that we all get help, but the help we get is more or less aimed at uh, the 80 the 85%, or at least until recently. But, you know, okay, so this, those of us, let's, who, who put, let's put it this way. Those of us who are sort of standardly abled, we can get by with the stairs, and some people need the elevator. But 
elevator seemed reasonable, but, y- you know, take our example. It was kind of a throwaway example, but it has a serious point about the Grand Canyon, putting an elevator in the Grand Canyon. Should we go that far? I mean, what's well, reasonable? Well, I think what's reasonable depends uh, to a certain extent on, on when we're talking about. What seems reasonable now didn't seem very reasonable a few years ago, well, I'm you're sure. Well, cer- you're certainly right. People weren't even really seized with this problem years ago. And our, our roving philosophical reporter, Amy Standen, went out and talked to a blind person who grew up in a time when people weren't making a reasonable accommodations, she files this report. When my vision first began to change, it was fairly gradual. This is Anita Schaefer-Aaron. She's the director and CEO of San Francisco's Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired. For example, in the second or third grade, I could see the chalkboard from the back of the room. By the time I was in fifth grade, I couldn't even read the chalkboard from sitting in the front row. Initially, people really thought I needed glasses, so they tried all sorts of different kinds of glasses. Then they decided that maybe I had some kind of vision, you know, tired eyes or whatever related to watching too much television. This was the 50s, you understand, so there wasn't a lot of research as to how things like TV affected vision. It really was at about the age of 10 years old that everybody began to realize this was a situation that was getting worse and wasn't going to change. I continued to go to a public school in Kansas, but there was no support in the school system for the fact that I had a disability. So I was mainstreamed, but without any um, additional assistance. Teachers didn't quite know how to accommodate my disability. I didn't know how to, and nor, nor did my family know how to accommodate disability. So it was actually a very upsetting, um, painful time in my life. I'd heard that a lot of deaf people sometimes resist the term disability. They think of their deafness as a cultural difference, part of diversity. I asked Anita if the same could be said about blindness. I actually understand the deaf community's way of viewing the term disability. It, it does sound like you're talking about something that, you know, I'm unable, I'm, I'm disabled. And from someone in the deaf culture, they would say, I simply can't hear, I communicate another way. There's nothing disabling about hearing loss. Whether you have vision loss, whether you have hearing loss, whether you use a wheelchair, all those are just different ways that we are in the world. If the world were all people or majority of people who are blind, we would simply set up everything in the culture to accommodate that reality. There would not be any cars on the street, for example. Um, Stoplights would be audible as opposed to visual. It's only a social disability, if you will. When I think of myself as a visually impaired person, I don't consider myself to be, quote, disabled, unquote. However, if I want to access an array of services, government-based or whatever, they have to have a definition. There has to be a way that uh, I qualify or don't qualify. And that's when I think terms like disability end up needing to exist. We need to look at ways to include all of society in an integrated way. And I wouldn't stop with just people who are disabled. I would say that every member of our society should have rights to access our community as a whole. So it's a civil rights movement, if you will. It's the same, people with disabilities have the same rights and the same needs as people who have different cultural backgrounds or religious preferences or sexual orientations. We have the same rights as women Um, as any protected class in our community. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen. 
You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.